Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Now you say something. Hello, Mike Test. Sup, guys. Back again for another episode. Happy Monday. I have a special guest with me here today. You may know him. You know, the man, the myth, the legend. He is pretty famous on my Instagram stories. Kevin David Little, welcome. Hello. (laughs) That's my husband, in case you didn't know. Thanks for joining me. Are you excited to be here? I am. In your home that you're in every day of your life? I'm on the couch, yep. (laughs) I thought we would do an episode on our relationship because I do think it intrigues some people. Um, We've been together Mm -hmm. for a really long time. 13 whole years. Yep. And in two years, when we're 29, we will have been together longer than we have been apart in our lives. And I think that's so insane. It's true. It's a long time. (laughs) So yeah, I think people are interested in our relationship. You know, when I tell people we've been together for a really long time, people think it's crazy and they do the math in their head and they're like, wow, that means you've been together since you were 14. Which is true. And I think some people have questions about that. They do, actually. I asked on Instagram, and you guys oh, had quite brilliant. a few questions. So we will get to answering them. We actually just celebrated our 13-year dating anniversary. It was on November 10th, and we went out for a nice fancy dinner. So I thought we could retell the story of how we got together. We could just cliff notes these past 13 years, shall we? We met when we were 12. Well. This feels like more of a quiz than a did story. We, did we really <laughs> talk then, though? I'm sure we met when we were 12 uh, or 11, maybe. But You came to my 13th birthday party. Oh, well, there you go. That's the math. We were clearly friends. Good memories. Yep. <laughs> Never forget that day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> See, and as you can tell by this retelling, I was in love with Kevin immediately as soon as we met. He was, as I often say... The skater boy of my dreams. He was who I knew Avril Lavigne was writing songs about. It was the swoopy hair. He's a little bit ginger. I thought that was pretty cute. He's got these striking blue eyeballs. And I simply knew I had to have him even when I was 12. So I had a crush on Kevin for years. And then in grade eight, we both were like dating different people, you know, pretty serious. Mine was definitely grade. more serious. Okay, you by the always way. say this, but yep. we were both in committed eighth grade relationships. I mean, mine was over a year. Uh, how long was yours? Mine was five months. Wow. Yep. That's good for eighth grade. That's almost, Yours was yeah. crazy for eighth grade, yeah, too. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we, we ended up dating other people, and then, you know, that fizzles out as it does. In ninth grade, Kevin and I start hanging out more. We were, like, friends at that point. Yep. We were taught, we talked on MSN sometimes. We had, like... Hell yeah. Hell yeah, MSN. <laughs> we had some mutual friends. You know, we were hanging out a lot in the ninth grade, and it got to a point where I was like, I'm getting the vibe that this guy likes me, and he still has a girlfriend. So I said... We can't hang out because I get the vibe that you like me. Yep. Already we're, what, 13, 14, and you were pulling ultimatums already? As I should have. It worked. Yeah, I dumped her. (laughs) You know, like kind of the next day, I think. Pretty soon after. (laughs) I was like, dang, she's right. We need the story from another perspective. Well, for starters, you definitely stalked me (sighs) in middle school. 
I didn't stalk you. Yeah, it's it's a credit to your loyalty. And I think that was a real seller for me because someone who's stalking you will probably not leave you. Shut up. Mandy would always come up to me in between classes or on lunch break or whatever. And she would say. Okay, shut this. Sorry. I'm not she would say, <laughs> she would say, what's my name? And then I would have to tell her. And so she just did this every day. And then, of course, how could I forget? Because I was getting quizzed all the time. And lo and behold, the stepping stones were placed upon the path. And off we went. The hunt was afoot. That's not stalking. I'm pretty sure I only said that to you once or twice because... Oh, it was like every five minutes. No, it wasn't. Okay, you left out the part where you sat in between the vending machines during lunchtime because you had no friends. You sat by yourself and I would sit with you. Wow, that's really relevant that so I was a gonna, loser. If you're going to talk about how I'm a stalker, we need to talk you're about how you're... You're the one sitting a... next to me. I mean, <laughs> I was just eating my lunch. Okay, but I felt, you know, bad for you a little bit. Oh, it was a pity thing. Well, no, and I was also right in love with you. But... Oh, okay. That makes it okay. And I think I just told you that because it was a new school and my best friend was named Maddie and I didn't want you to get my name wrong because everyone called me maddie and my name is mandy that's why i did that it's not as you make it sound really weird okay maybe it was weird anyways okay so kevin breaks up with his girlfriend shortly after i ask kevin to be my boyfriend because i believe that as a, a male i should not be a dominant figure in our modern society i push for the matriotic approach to relationships such a feminist yes and i didn't want to ask because that would be scary so so he made me do it yep and i did here we are dating in ninth grade and we were together all throughout middle school and high school we traveled a bit together after high school we went to europe yep we moved in together when we were 21 We got our first apartment. Then what? We got engaged when we were 23. I was very surprised about that. Why? We never talked about marriage. I think it's because I was on board long before you were. And I was kind of waiting for signs. On board for marriage or our relationship in general? Uh, Both. Okay. I guess the former kind of coincides with the latter. Yeah. I mean, I was ready. But I don't think you were. Because the times that we brought it up, you were like... No, I don't really get the point. Like, what? Why would? Why do people get married still? It's so traditional and old school. But then your friends started getting married, and suddenly you seemed a little more interested. And then you found that ring when I was getting my watch battery replaced. Mandy pointed out a ring and said, "If you're gonna propose, that's the ring. That's a nice ring to do it with, that or something was your like that." Green light. And then yeah, I went back like the next day and bought it. And I'm wearing it right now. It's true. And I stashed it away in the emergency compartment in my Ford Focus station wagon. And out to Tofino we went on an unsuspecting camping adventure. Yeah, we go camping in Tofino every year, which is why it's so important to us. I started going with Kevin's family when we were 15. Mm. We've been every year since either with his family or just, just us and our friends. So when we were 23... Kevin popped the question on our favorite beach that we've been going to since we were 15. And I was very shocked and hysterical. Yeah, you were. Got engaged on Chesterman Beach in Tofino. The best beach, by the way. Then we started scouting for wedding places. 
COVID happened. It got real messy. We had to put everything on delay. All the prices went up. We finally had our wedding, but we had the best first dance. It's a common misconception that we are dancing professionals. That is not the case. We practice for maybe three nights beforehand. <laughs> it's a common misconception. Yeah. Uh, go on Wikipedia. You'll see it. Everyone thinks... Everyone's wrong. Okay. Actually. We had the best wedding ever in general. It was... That too. Best day of my life, for sure. I know that's corny and like, that's a predictable thing to say, but it was. Of You're course welcome. it would be. You're marrying I, I your bestie. That. Everyone you, you ever loved in your life is around. We had the best vegan food. We had the best first dance, and that was two years ago when we were 25. And now here we are, we're 27 years old. And I think we've learned a lot about ourselves and about each other and about our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think we have some good advice to offer in terms of, you know, based on what we've been through. Oh, absolutely. So I want to talk about the biggest things we've learned over these 13 years. You go first. Okay. Biggest thing I think that we've learned that is important and applicable to pretty much everyone in any given relationship is communication is the most important part of a healthy relationship. I knew you were going to say that. That's oh. what I was going to say. See, we communicate so well that she actually <laughs> we knows finish what each I'm going uh, Podcast. <laughs> it's almost telepathic. It's frightening, really, how, how well we communicate. I agree. I think we've learned that the hard way. Here's the thing. Kevin and I, obviously, we've been together since we were hardly teenagers. And I think that's what gets people when I tell them about that is to be together through so many different phases of your life mm -hmm. and to be together through so many different mental states and experiences. Most people can't stick that through. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think it's it's very important to be, you know, conscious that you're you're always changing throughout life, and if you're not growing together, in a sense, you're almost growing apart, mm -hmm. and um, you just shouldn't have like an ego about that stuff. You know, if if you're starting to enjoy something else, then you know your partner should hopefully be taking an interest in it, whether it's a personal interest or a group interest. You you just have to kind of grow together. You know, just be mindful of that, and I think we've been good at you know being pretty interested in each other's hobbies and open about how we feel about things and just talking about stuff. I think that has a lot to do with it. Whereas some people just start growing apart. You slowly start getting different interests on different sides of the Venn diagram until the circles detach and then you're stuck there. That's a good uh, analogy. Yeah, <laughs> just try to keep some stuff in the middle of the diagram. And uh, yeah. just be aware of what's happening on the other side. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think that being in a perfect relationship means like agreeing all the time, being in interested in the exact same things all the time and doing everything together. And when you're not doing those things, you're not meant for each other. And I think it's kind of like almost the opposite. Of course, you need to be interested in a lot of the same stuff. But if you're not like taking the time to be your own separate person, I think a relationship can really fail that way too. Like if you're yeah. too connected to each other. I think like individual identity is just as important as like an identity with your partner mm -hmm. because you, you do need to have your own personal interests. You can't constantly be catering to someone else 
and pretending that you like it. Like that's that's why we have jobs, you know. That's that's where you're supposed to <laughs> cater to someone else's desires and not enjoy it oh and God, say facts. I'm having a great time. Thank you for the money. Over what I've really learned over the past 13 years, I think that's a really valuable thing to be kind of your own separate person with your own separate identity and your own separate friends and you do things apart as well as together and you're both okay with that i think i've also kind of learned that you can't change somebody all the time like i think we all have franny's being chaotic try to get her to meow and say hello oh hi yeah you can't always change somebody and you shouldn't want to change your partner obviously but i think especially when you've been together for a long time and you go through a lot of different life phases you have phases where you wish maybe your partner would be different in certain ways Mm -hmm. for whatever reason and I think it's important to accept that they don't always have to be the same as you and that's okay yeah but it's it's not wrong to you know want to do something with your partner that you're interested in Mm -hmm. like like when I was getting really into climbing I wanted Mandy to come because it was it was fun. Like, I really enjoyed it. Why wouldn't she enjoy it? But we just were at different paces. That was definitely like a learning curve in a sense where it's like, even though I want her to be there, doesn't mean she wants to be there. It doesn't mean she's going to like it like I do. You know, that's that's totally okay. And I gave it the good college try. Yeah. yeah. And like an example in my situation is like, especially post-COVID, I was kind of itching to go out places with people, but Kevin does not vibe with loud places. And I always thought that was kind of something that he could like get over. But it's simply just something he doesn't enjoy and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm kind of like that a lot of the time too, honestly. I hear you. But I think I was just in a moment of desperately wanting change after the pandemic. I have a question for you. How do you think the pandemic affected our relationship? That's like a really, that's a whole episode in itself. In a nutshell, I think we became... You know, very introverted, obviously. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'd say I'm probably an introvert. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm a very, like, to myself thinker. And it definitely doesn't always vibe with, like, having open conversations with a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. I really just like thinking in my own time. But yeah, I think we definitely became more introverted. We were very close to the rule book in that one. We didn't really go out of our way to, to try and see people against the rules of the provincial government yeah i wanted to become a bum so i put on some weight and grew up my hair <laughs> and i become became As we a bum all did. <laughs> yeah it's honestly a kind of a blur like i know i think i literally think it's trauma and i think so many of us have like blocked out that like year or two of our lives because it was weird and scary but also it was like every day felt the same so you have yeah. nothing to look back on because there were no milestones because every day was the same <laughs> yeah like there's you really didn't accomplish anything during covid i think overall probably negative but it, the pandemic negatively affected our relationship yeah (laughs) i think it caused us to become a bit complacent in our relationship which is normal especially in long-term relationships i think we both everything in life felt a little mundane yep so our relationship followed suit i think that's depression (laughs) for you yes it's also fabulous both being people who struggle mentally it's nice to be able to relate to each other in that way but i think it's also easy to fall down 
a bit of a hole together, you yeah. know? We always catch each other when, you know, the other falls down into a mental breakdown. We're always there. We're always there for each other's mental breakdown. Yep. <laughs> I'll be making cookies right away. To reiterate on the communication aspect, it's important to communicate. And like when you have any issue at all in your relationship, something that like you guys don't agree on, it's important to be very open, especially from the guy's side. Because I feel like to guys, it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's useless information, but it's not. And you should probably speak up about how you feel. Not because you will get a bunch of sympathy and it's like a pity thing, but it's more so your partner might not understand what you're dealing with or what you're going through. And yeah, it helps them to understand. And if you have an issue that you think is on you, it might not be. It could just be a joint thing that you need to work through. But the first step <laughs> is to be open and honest about it. I think that's a big thing I've learned in our relationship too, is that when you're not communicating, it feels like one person is the problem. It's likely not you. It's always going to be the other person, right? But I think once you communicate, for example, like when we started going to therapy, you just realize every problem in your relationship, you're both at fault, obviously, because it's a relationship, but I think it's easy to forget that. I think I've always had the, the philosophy that if there is a disagreement or like you're unhappy with somebody, the fault is never 100%, you know? There's always, it's always split in some fashion and more or less it's around 50%, like any problem you encounter and that's in any relationship, you know? There's usually a catalyst to what happened and the innocent person thinks that that catalyst doesn't exist and the aggressor is the only bad person in any disagreement, but it's everyone contributes something to a mess, right? But I would also say things we've learned, couples counseling or therapy is not your enemy. I know in like the mid 2000s, I feel like it was like the punchline of every daytime television show where the guy is the main character and his wife wants to go to therapy. And it was like, oh man, you don't want to do that. That's how we broke up. Like I broke up with my wife. You don't want that. It's not really like that at all, actually. <laughs> um, it's it's actually really beneficial. It's it's a great, great place to express your, your feelings and stuff if you're not comfortable doing that, you know, at home where you live and don't want problems to be in your brain constantly because that's where you live. Mm-hmm. it's good to go to some place where you can do that. And those problems get brought out of the box somewhere else, dealt with somewhere else. And then you come home and you focus on healing those problems without actually bringing them home. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. It's important to have that third party. You cannot solve it on your own. Like, I don't care what anybody says. You can't because you're constantly coming home to the same place, to the same person, doing the same things, going back and forth about these same problems every single day. You're already in your like predetermined mindsets before you even get into the conversation. So it just isn't going to go as well as you'd like. But when you bring somebody else into it, like there's so many times I thought I was bringing Kevin to therapy just so my therapist could be like, listen to Mandy. Mandy's right. But <laughs> naturally, it didn't end up ha- happening that wow. way. Wow. <laughs> crazy huh (laughs) see and this is like from a guy's perspective that is another part of it i feel like guys often feel like oh i'm the problem or oh she's the problem and it's like a lot of the times the stuff you might get in shit for at home it might not actually be your fault (laughs) 
so it's good to go and just talk about it because you might get off the hook. It might be someone else's fault. That's how you're going to convince guys to go. Yep. But I must say it's important you're saying that because I think guys especially don't want to go to therapy for themselves or like for their relationship. Yeah. It's just not always black and white. No. It's not. And I think people also think that going to therapy means something's wrong with your relationship. And I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, because we all actually live in perfect relationships and our mental health is actually perfect all the time. (laughs) We live in a world that's perfect. Wow. No therapy is required. Yay. Amazing. Yeah, everybody needs it. And I mean, I know that's a privilege in a way to say that. It's obviously not cheap, but the way we think about it is like, obviously we split it when we go. So it feels a little more affordable. Mm -hmm. We only go like once a month. And I think you also need to prioritize it. Like, I think we say we can't afford things. But half the time that's an excuse, you know? It is. It's a great investment. Yeah, it's more like you're you're putting money into your relationship. And I feel like for most people that are committed in relationships and probably 100% of the people listening to this podcast, I feel like your relationship's probably worth it. Okay, I think we should get into questions now because we got a lot to get to. You guys are just obsessed with us. Just like Mandy was obsessed with me. Okay, and shut mid- up. Oh, are these anonymous? Some of them are. Oh, cool. Have y'all ever had to navigate boundaries in your relationship where the other didn't quite understand why that boundary existed slash didn't respect that boundary? Could you give an example of your healthy boundaries in your relationship? You guys are the best. Sending lots of love. Thank you. You're the best too, Anonymous. I feel like I'm taking this question as, is there anything that either one of us, our like limit was, yeah, like one of us was more into something than the other the person that was more into it couldn't figure out why the other person wasn't so into it kind of thing what, what, like what kind of thing are you talking about right now i don't know how how intimate are we getting in this? <laughs> is this an after hours there's, podcast there's no holds barred we are open books this evening well i mean should we talk about the elephant in the room what what's the elephant in the room i think the reason we went to therapy oh the reason we went to therapy is because kevin and i had different sex drives that's totally fine and normal because i think every relationship experiences that and people just don't want to talk about that people like to pretend that they're fucking and shaking all the time fucking and shaking the same thing yeah In that order, actually. But everyone's different. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with not wanting to always be boinking. (laughs) I had like one friend, I knew him online, and he was just, he would always talk about how he would do it with his wife like three times a day. And I remember being like, do you guys have anything in common? Like, why do you feel the need to have that much time? having sex and how do you find the time for it Mm. like it 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 seems fake right it seems like a completely fabricated tell Mm -hmm. i feel like people have this idea of like how much sex you should be having in your relationship when that's so unrealistic especially to uphold all the freaking time when like life changes and things happen in life and people get exhausted and the seasons change and emotions change and mental health changes you can't expect two people to be on all the time that's crazy i have a higher sex drive than kevin i did i don't anymore but back then when we started going to therapy i wanted to do it more and kevin didn't and naturally i think as a woman i took that as like i'm unattractive and disgusting and not sexy and he doesn't love me (laughs) yes and as a man 
the rejection and her being hurt felt like I'm a disappointment. I can't live up to my expectation. I can't do the, the very simple mandatory things that I'm supposed to do in the relationship. Mm -hmm. That is my given role, you know, as a guy in our society. Yeah. And then it, it kind of snowballs because you feel like a disappointment. You feel like you're not doing the thing you need to do. You're kind of a failure. That's how it feels. And then surprise, you're no longer in the mood for it. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of keeps on building up and rolling down the hill. Big snowball effect. Yeah, it, it truly is a snowball. That's where that's something where like therapy really helps because it gives you that open space to break that thought pattern, to stop the snowball from rolling, to look at it and be like, what the hell is in the core of this damn thing? Yeah, I think that's where our problems were kind of fixed. And I'd say as a result, years later, we've gone to therapy for a million different things, not just sex, but... And you'll find once you talk about it, it's not just the sex. It's a bunch of different problems in the relationship that are probably causing that. After years down the line, I feel like we've both evened out. I think I realized maybe my sex drive wasn't as high and I was just like trying to look for approval constantly because I was feeling constantly rejected. Yeah, and as you would if you, you know, suffer from poor self-esteem or the need for approval. I mean, that is that is a way to get it, you know? Mm -hmm. Kind of snowballs in the opposite direction where on one side it pushes me further away, on her side it probably pushed her like more towards me in that aspect because mm -hmm. you wanted the approval stone you wanted to feel i don't know desired or whatever mm -hmm. both of our our beliefs at the time were just completely not correct you know yeah i felt like a failure totally wasn't true and you felt rejected or unattractive which of course is not true <laughs> yeah thanks therapy it just evened us out and like took the pressure off the whole situation because it just made it so much more complicated than it needed to be before we went to therapy and now that it's all evened out we're like there's just no pressure around that anymore and it's nice when I think of boundaries, I think of we make fun of each other sometimes and sometimes we go a little too far. No, I, I, I And agree. I feel like we have moments where we'll be like, hey, yeah. reel it in, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's important to like be respectful of that. Also, I think a boundary we've worked through is my boundary with your time on the computer. Uh-huh. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what this person's getting at because I know that's a problem in a lot of relationships. Yep. Dudes be gaming too much. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it is a very broken world and it's nice to live in this little fantasy where things are perfect. Everything's pretty. There's less problems. It's very nice to be in that world where you can forget about the real issues. Mm -hmm. So that that's kind of the attraction. Just so people who don't game understand, it's like a vacation for your brain, like a mini vacation for your brain every time you game. It's like reading like a really good book. You're just lost in, in the world. You're immersed in it. It's really nice to be there. But like a lot of things that are good or feel good, you can overindulge and you need to be mindful of that mm -hmm. or have someone tell you. The pandemic can be reeled into that too because when we are not doing well mentally, we want to escape. And I think that's probably what was going on with Kevin a little bit. I don't have to put that in there if you don't want me to. It's okay. Okay. I'm depressed. And obviously I feel that. I'm on my phone way too much. And sometimes I'm on my phone when he's trying to talk to me and I completely ignore him and it ruins this whole night it's true and i feel horrible about that but same goes for him when he's on his computer a lot 
And there were a lot of times where he was on his computer way too much. And it was like seriously affecting our relationship. That's another reason why we like had to go to therapy again. Yep. That was a big one. But go to therapy. Work through it. Because yeah, it's if you're telling someone that you need something and they have a hard time understanding why you need it, that's why you need to go to therapy. Because that third party will come in and help them see the light. It just opens this new door of compassion for each other, I think. I I agree with that. But yeah, I mean, if I was going to play that out as a therapist, to somebody else, I think I would tell them to, you know, face the problem in a space that's comfortable and express to each other what is good and what is bad about that stuff and how it drives a fork between you. You know, it never hurts just to try something because in our experience, it was, um, we started with like curfews. We wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't change our habits or our patterns until we both kind of agreed on what was acceptable to change, like how much it could change. And I think on both sides, you have to be pretty open to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our case, the first step on our pathway <laughs> was, um, I think like 11 p.m. curfew, right? And that's like off the computer by 11. And then it was 10. And then it was reducing the days. Like times a week. It used to be like four times. A day, and then it was three, I think. And then it was kind of like, well, whenever there's time, from my perspective, from somebody who was in love with being on the computer, I would say, I don't feel like I horribly miss it. Mm. So, yeah. Consider that. You can you can change and feel good about it still. Yeah, I think that was the most relieving thing. It's like, it was a little like pulling teeth to get you to adjust. But once you did, it was like, oh, this is kind of what I've been missing out on. Yeah. And like, to be fair, like I had a an idea in mind of how I wanted things to be done I truly believed in myself to accomplish that over time I kind of just you know stopped taking it as seriously and that's probably for the better how do we work through conflict communication talking yes I think a big thing that I have to remember especially going through therapy occasionally I'm like oh I don't want to inconvenience Kevin I don't want to upset Kevin and it's so annoying because like We've been together for 13 years and I don't think there's a lot I can do that would inconvenience him at this point. But I still tell myself that and then it builds up and then resentment builds up and then we stop talking, stop communicating. So now since we've gone to therapy a few months ago, I'm good at just reminding myself to speak up immediately when something's bothering me and then it doesn't build up. And Kevin has also gotten impeccable. Wow. At being like, when I forget to actually listen to myself and be like, oh, just tell him what you need. And I do something like, oh, no, it's fine. Kevin will be like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yep. And guess what? Probably seven out of 10 times, Mandy changes her mind. And I'm like, oh, you're right. No, I actually do need you to do this or I do need this from you. In a realistic situation, that's, you know, we're we've had dinner, we're sitting down. We've watched our show. I might want to go on the computer and play games. And, you know, I, I ask Mandy, is it okay if I do this? And, you know, sometimes it's it's like, no, I, I want you here. I need you here. I've been looking forward to this all day. And I feel like it's hard to be like, well, sucks for you because I really want to get on my computer. Because <laughs> obviously that's a very like welcoming thing. It's important to make your partner or whoever's in the relationship feel like they're important. Yeah. And um, but there's a whole book on this. I could spiral on for like an hour about this. Mm-hmm. But something that's so crucial in relationships <clears throat> is to make whoever 
I mean, obviously you want, you should feel important too, Mm -hmm. but the other person needs to feel important, whether it's a work relationship, a personal one or a romantic one. People want to feel important. Mm -hmm. People want to feel heard and they want to feel like they're their own person. Mm-hmm. I read once that like the most beautiful word that anyone can hear is their own name because Aww. not only do people like being recognized, they like being part of stuff. They like being important. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you should be mindful of that in any relationship. I know it's hard to let that slip because I do it 90% of the time. I forget, <laughs> but I know the truth and the truth is people like to feel important. Yeah. So in a conflict like that, if again, like I want to go on the computer, Mandy doesn't want me to don't just be like, oh, I don't want you to go on the computer. You should come sit here with me. It's like that doesn't make me feel wanted. That's like you want me to be there. But saying I need you here. I miss you. I love you. I want to spend time with you. I've been looking forward to this. Mm hmm. From my perspective, it's like, okay, I'm genuinely wanted here. And shocker, that is like what everyone wants, right? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. But asking, getting permission is always a good thing. Not really permission, but opinions. Mm -hmm. And being open. Can I go on the computer? Is that okay? Are you okay? And someday she's like, yeah, that's cool. I got stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Perfect. We Mm -hmm. both win. Yeah. Did we ever have periods where you thought you wouldn't make it or break up? We had one. Did we? Are you kidding? Do you know what period I'm referring to? Oh my God. (laughs) No. We literally almost broke up. What? This old song and dance. What we did. Let's hear it. It was just a classic after high school. You realize you've been with the same person the whole time and then you get out of high school and you're like, do I want to be with this person for the rest of my life or do I want to just experience other things because I haven't? So that was all it was. We just went through a bit of a rough patch trying to decide whether or not to stay together. Yep. And I'm glad we worked through it. It's weird thinking if we did break up when we were 19. There's so much stuff we wouldn't have experienced, obviously. We wouldn't have gotten married or anything. Communication. But we definitely have not been followed the whole way through. No, of course not. And that was a period we almost broke up and we've had times where things have been rough and it's been like we need to fix this or we can't be together but we always fix it thinking of something to say and then i forgot it so (laughs) that's what you get there's me being open and communicative (laughs) what's our favorite qualities about each other like physical let's do physical and but (laughs) you didn't stutter i like Oh, you're just so handsome in every way. Okay. Oh, my God. Maybe it's good we didn't do this live. (laughs) My favorite physical thing about you is probably your eyes, but, like, you're just so handsome in every way. Your smile, your your hair, your freckles. You're so cute. Sorry, ladies, I'm taken. Favorite non-physical thing? I'd say open-mindedness, probably. I feel like we're both more critical thinkers, but I like how we both look at the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like we kind of agree on our visions on like what the world is and you know how people should be to each other is very similar. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely value that a lot, you know? Something I like about you that's not physical. My honesty to a fault. I was going to say something along the lines of that. Definitely not your stubbornness. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're a good vibe checker when it comes to people. Oh, am I ever? Like even with celebrities... 
Like, Kevin predicted that Ellen was a piece of shit, like, 10 years before we figured out Ellen was a piece of shit. Ellen was canceled after, like, 20 minutes of watching her for the first time. For you. Oh, yeah. You're just a good vibe checker, and it's reminded me that I don't have to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, which some people say I'm like, Abby says that I'm too suspicious of people, and I think I get that from you now. I I don't know if I'm suspicious of people. I just have no faith in humanity. I literally have no faith in humanity. Yeah, I think I like that about you just because it's given me a good lesson to be more wary of who I give my energy to. Yeah. Any and all wedding planning tips. I'm struggling. I think I've said this on TikTok before, but go to therapy during wedding planning because... Yes. Like with your partner, but also by yourself because obviously it's a high stress thing in general. And then you're also having to deal with a lot of family members that maybe you don't normally deal with who are maybe bringing up some horrible feelings for you. Or, you know, there's also going to be a lot of family members in the room with other family members who haven't necessarily gotten along or, you know, seen each other in a while. It's just really stressful on all fronts. And you're also getting all these opinions from a million different people that you never even fucking asked for. And you just need someone to help give you some peace of mind during that time. I didn't do that. I didn't go to therapy during wedding planning. And I really wish I did. But I know it's also like expensive and weddings are expensive. And I guess another tip would be looking back on it. You don't really need to spend a lot of money. No, because and that day is going to go by and like it it's going to be 12 hours and two hours. Like, yeah. It's going to be jam packed. You're not going to remember half of it. If things go wrong, you're not real. I mean, if you're like me, you're not really going to care because there's a lot more awesome things going on. Yeah. I feel like after getting married, and you see weddings on TikTok and Instagram and you see how many like flowers they have and all the different events they're doing. And you have so much more of an idea of how much it actually costs to have something extravagant like that. And it's just not necessary. And it, I think it's the kind of thing where the journey is better than the destination. You know, it's not really where you're going. It's who you're going there with being your family, your best friends, your, your literal best friend. <laughs> And whether you do that in a $50,000 golf course or in your mom's backyard, it's going to be like perfect either way. You know, it's going to be special. It's going to be catered to you. It's your day with all the people you love, all the people you don't love but have to love. And um, yeah. (laughs) Savage. I mean, let's be real though. I mean, you don't pick your family. We have black sheeps in every family. I'm not saying like, our personal situation like oh i shouldn't have invited that crazy uncle but like i feel like every person in every family has someone on the wedding list and they're like i hope this doesn't cause any issues yes guess what you don't have to invite them if you don't want it's your wedding (laughs) you can do whatever you want literally me you guys know i didn't invite i don't talk to my mom and i didn't invite her to my wedding and that's another thing like kevin and i kind of come from dysfunctional families on both ends both our parents are divorced like it's a lot of complicated shit yeah but like all families are dysfunctional yeah but i want to tie that into the fact that like kevin and i don't have a lot of money we also didn't come from a lot of money god no and i think most of the weddings you're seeing on instagram and tiktok are weddings from fucking millionaires like straight up honestly like that is disposable fucking money for one day flowers you literally i'm getting heated up about this 
Yeah, I can tell. You literally throw them out after one day and it's the most expensive part of the wedding. Why does anyone want their wedding to be like somebody else's? It's your own, you know? Make it yeah. your own. Focus on what you want because it's your day. Well, you and your partner's day. Mm -hmm. You know, don't go crazy with money on it. We mm -hmm. don't have a lot of money. No. That's also what I loved about our wedding is it felt very homegrown. And I had so many people after tell us like that was the best wedding I've been to. And we didn't spend a whole lot on it. Find the little things that you both want in your wedding to make it special. Like we did a dance. I didn't want to do a slow dance. There's only one kind of dancing that I actually like. And Ooh. it's swing dancing. Lucky for me. I'm going to take credit and say I choreographed our entire dance. You did not. And I picked the song. It was great. Everyone talks about it. We're famous. It went viral on TikTok. The official Nat King Cole Facebook page reposted our wedding video. That's pretty fucking sick. And that's what's cool about our wedding. Like that's the kind of lasting shit. We also had tacos and we had donuts. Really good food. And our whole wedding was vegan. So like do whatever you want. We're plant-based and we don't drink. Literally, we had vegan tacos. Kevin had a wine glass full of Pepsi. I had a wine glass full of kombucha. And that was fine. And nobody cared. And everyone loved the food. Like just do what you want to do. Don't yeah. listen to other people's opinions. And people still got drunk somehow. <laughs> They always find a way. Do you have the same love language? If not, how do you navigate the differences? Okay, I think my love language is physical touch and quality time. What's your love language? Quality time. <laughs> I know quality time is important to Kevin, so I try to like really seem engaged when I'm listening to him. And this man, if you give him a television next to the love of his life, he's so happy to just watch a freaking movie with you. It's true. I would take that over most everything else. In and my life. Because I'm like a physical touch girl and a words of affirmation girl. I'm like, I understand quality time. It's important to me too. But I'm like, what? That is, it doesn't feel quality. But that feels quality to Kevin. I'm happy to give that to him. She actually just falls asleep immediately. <laughs> I think Kevin knows that physical touch is important to me. He gives me back rubs and back scratches almost every night. And he knows I appreciate it when he initiates sex date night ideas were so bad at doing intentional dates we're kind of bad at that too honestly let us know when you figure it out <laughs> but we like doing like movie nights at home where we just watch a movie kevin makes the best popcorn ever with our popcorn maker <laughs> i turn it on and put popcorn seeds inside and he puts vegan butter in it it's really good just even just being intentional about like some people judge us for this but sometimes we have popcorn for dinner but with like movie snacks you know, candy and stuff too. But that feels like a little more intentional and it's cheap. You don't have to go out and spend money because that's our thing too. One, we're vegan. We don't drink. So like we can't go out to a bar. We can't go out to dinner where no. we live. There's not a lot of vegan places. No, our crazy night is having popcorn for dinner. And we can't always spend a lot of money either. So that's a good option. Uh, we like to always like be intentional with our anniversaries and celebrate that way, whether it's just going out for dinner or whatever far away because there's nowhere tonight to eat here that's kind of it we used to go to the movies a lot too i make pillow forts kind of mm -hmm. i set up my hiking poles and my camera tripods master class level knots put some ropes up i went to value village and got like four queen-sized bed sheets and stitched them together and made a little like bazaar out of these things <laughs> 
And so I, I'll, I'll hook those up. I'll put the papas on, cushion on the ground, and that's how I'll have our movie night. That's kind of like how far you can take a movie night. Get your popcorn, get some chocolates, get some Mainers because they're vegan, <laughs> and some Oreos, whatever. And, you know, make it make it some something more special because it only takes you like 20 minutes to start a pillow fort. And it's fun. You can turn something potentially mundane into something really fun. Cooking new recipes together is really fun. Mm-hmm. I've done like question cards like amazon has question cards and they're they're good for like group gatherings where you're like hanging out in the living room question cards are great and thought provoke with other people to figure out who they are it's good yeah we have that game we're not really strangers we've played it a couple times and we really like it is kevin vegan too no i'm not this is used to cause problems in our relationship when i was a crazy vegan for the record, Kevin is vegetarian and like 95% vegan. Yeah, like like we pretty much exclusively eat vegan at the house. I do, obviously. I'll get like a bag of chips like once every week or two that has milk products in it or something for the cheese. That's basically it. You switch to like vegan cheeses now. He doesn't eat regular cheese anymore at all, whether or not I'm around. Well, I go to Subway and, and get the habanero because <laughs> it's spicy and I like it. Fun fact... For all you, do you have any? Do you have a name for your fans? <laughs> Mandalorians. Um, oh my god. Mandos. <laughs> I went vegetarian before Mandy went vegetarian. Oh my god. Mandy was pescatarian. Introduced me to the idea of vegetarianism, and I was like, "Cool, I'm doing it." And then I went vegetarian. That was before we even dated. Vegetarian history. I went pescatarian when I was 14, February 2010. Yeah, then Kevin and I started talking and he figured out I was quote unquote vegetarian, technically pescatarian. I just called myself vegetarian because then you wouldn't have to explain what pescatarian is. It gets complicated. Like I, I'm technically a lacto-ovo vegetarian, <laughs> but minus the ovo these days and like most of the lacto. Yeah, so then Kevin technically went vegetarian first because he never liked seafood to begin with. I think I went fully vegetarian after we dated because Kevin was like, why are you still eating fish? I was vegetarian until I was 19. So that was like five years. And then I've been vegan ever since I was 19. If you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not vegan. Are they judging me? We don't give a fuck. (laughs) We actually don't care what you eat. Not trying to have any long-winded conversations at family dinner about what we ate and what we don't. Yeah, we're just so over it after 14 fucking years. Yes. (laughs) Also, I think some vegans that may be listening from my previous crazy vegan years may be a little disapproving of the fact that I'm with a man who's only 95% vegan or that I dare to even try to call him vegan because he's only 95% vegan or that I'm someone who doesn't really care what other people eat anymore. Like, I just cannot be bothered. Sorry if you think differently. That's cool. That's fine. Like I said, can't to be that. bothered anymore. Yeah, yeah that's a whole episode. <laughs> How was it growing up along someone during those huge who am I years? I loved having a stable rock to help me on my journey and it felt amazing not navigating it alone as someone who is no contact with family. So I was curious about your experience. It was good. Had a great time. Yes. Truthfully, I think Kevin and I come from like relatively similar upbringings in their own way. Yeah, sure. Truthfully, I think we've talked about this a lot. If we didn't have each other growing up throughout our lives, I think there's a potential that we both could have been extremely, 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 extremely different people. That's a lot of extremely. That's like three. Would you agree? 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially for me as someone who like, I didn't feel super supported by my immediate family growing up. So to be able to have that constant support from you, I think helped me be a stable human being growing up. Yeah. It's important to have a place that you anchor that's good for you, you know? there's You have to anchor in calm waters because that's where you're safe. It, you have to have that space. And when that is somebody that you're in a relationship with, relationship of that intimacy level, I feel like you're, you're really gaining a lot that people don't really get. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a huge advantage if it's done right, obviously. Yeah, for us, it, it just, it worked out. We, we changed together. Mm-hmm. We grew together instead of growing apart. And I think we benefited a lot more than most people did from just having that growing yeah. up. And I think it's just like actively choosing each other all the time. Yes, re- having respect for one another yeah. and communicating, having your like priorities in check, I guess. Mm. A lot of young individuals, you know, your, your early 20s, your late teen years are experimental years. Mm-hmm. Not really for me, to be honest. <laughs> me neither. Yeah, that, that definitely <laughs> played a huge role in it because I was always very, you know, anti-drinking, anti-drugs. And I feel like we were both kind of that way Yeah. Um, because of substance abuse in our families mm-hmm. and it pushed us away from it opposed to pulling us in yes which mm-hmm. thank god for that <laughs> yeah i think that was actually a huge factor in, in how and why we stayed together and stuck it out because we just we had similar interests at the time and interests and like beliefs and principles yes like i think we're both pretty principled people like Obviously, we've been together for a long time. We've been vegetarian for a long time. We don't drink. We don't do drugs. And I feel like I list all that shit off and people are like, you sound like a hoot. Like, you sound so fun to be around. (laughs) Right. We're just there to support each other in those kind of decisions that maybe like, I don't want to say put you off from society more, but in a way it kind of does. It just makes you seem a little different or hard to relate to people and we've never had to make each other feel that way because we've always been on the same page and i can't imagine (laughs) being with someone who does drink it's just a principal thing it's just a lifestyle thing thoughts on shared bank accounts or financial transparency before marriage baby that's funny you ask we literally do not have a shared bank account and our therapist judged us so hard for this we literally just made an appointment to go get one soon because it's beyond inconvenient. We pay half for everything because Kevin and I make around the same money. We work around the same amount of hours. So we just pay half and half on everything pretty much. Yep. So it's so annoying trying to like figure out every couple weeks like who owes each other what. In terms of financial transparency, before getting married that was never really an issue and i think because we've been together since we were literal children it's just like something we never really talked about or we're never really concerned with like neither of us are like crazy insane bad spenders i'd say we're both like pretty decent at saving when we need to and we're very adequate lower class people Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm It's so true. Like we we don't go into debt, but we also never make any money. And that's on living in British Columbia. Yep. We don't own a house or anything. Yeah, we have no assets, but also we have no money. Never owning one. And even comes to the future with if we have kids, like that is something that's hard to even decide on because of financial situations. What do you fight about? How do you make up? What do we fight about? I feel like we don't really fight so much as we confront. I would say. 
and that's the open communication. You know, when something bothers you, like example, Mandy, it bothers me when you put the shaker cups away in the cupboard and close the lid when it's still wet inside. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to you about this before. Oh no. You were great for a while. You did great. <laughs> but lately I've started bringing my shaker cups to work where I make my shake in the morning. That's my breakfast. And I'll open up the shaker cup and it smells like greasy foot fungus. And it makes me feel neglected. <laughs> And unappreciated, <laughs> like I don't deserve to have a fungusy shaker cup. I no, I, I do deserve to not have that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I don't deserve to have a, a proper breakfast. And there have been days where I open up that greasy foot fungus jar and I say, you know what? I can wait till lunch. Ah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I but forgive you, you. See, but you do things like that that annoy me too sometimes. So we're even. Yeah, but I was smart enough to bring it up on the podcast first. And now if you do it, it'll seem very vengeful. Like I'm reaching. Yeah. yeah. How do we make up? I think that's the second part of the question is like, how do you make up after these fights or during these fights, whatever? Talking. Yeah. Therapy is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very pro-therapy. Yeah. My friend, Musty Slop, name drop... He's a Twitch streamer. Was talking about this is something we talked about too, but soft and hard startups. So when you approach a problem, it's important to do a soft startup opposed to a hard startup, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And a hard startup would be like, you don't take the garbage out. And a soft startup would be like, hey, I would appreciate if you would just try to remember to take the garbage out because, you know, it it just kind of irritates me at the end of the day. And I would just really appreciate it. It would mean a lot to me if you did that for me. Mm -hmm. It's softening the blow because you have a problem there that can be overwhelming, you know, certain relationships at certain points in time, Mm -hmm. in certain circumstances. Those are all big factors. It's important to be mindful of what you're saying, how it affects you, how it makes you feel, being open to them being like, I just worked a 10 hour shift. I'm beat. I'm hungry. I'm dirty. I need a shower. I need to sleep. I'm so tired. You know, that's, that's why I'm not doing it. Can I do it tomorrow kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And you ha- need to be like, okay, yeah, that's okay. You can do it tomorrow, mm-hmm. but just try to remember next time kind of thing. Being mindful, soft startups. And I think also being mindful, like sometimes there are days, there's no one thing that sparked an argument, but maybe I come home and I realize you are in not a great mood for whatever reason and i'm the kind of person where it's like if i'm in a bad mood i want someone to ask me about it and i don't even like i hope they can just gather by my bad mood that i want to talk about it most of the time kevin's like the complete opposite he's like doesn't really want to talk about it i've just come to learn that you're somebody who like if you're in a shitty mood in that moment i will just leave it and like more than half the time you'll just bring it up later when you're feeling a little better. Well, I think for me, being in a bad mood can only be remedied by positive things. And that can look like a lot of different things, whether it's, you know, gaming with people that I really care for and just having a good time, just exposure to, you know, not such a shitty environment that caused my day to be poor. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes, I don't know, just Mandy being a goofball and losing (laughs) her mind laughing at TikToks. (laughs) <laughs> like it's kind of hard to be like shut up like i i'm angry let me be angry it's it's no it's not it's like okay that's kind of hilarious that's cute i like that and boom bad feelings gone so that's how we solve conflict 
by me laughing at TikToks. Or gaming with the boys. Side note, unrelated, kind of related. I think that as a couple, we do better when we take care of ourselves individually Mm -hmm. outside of the relationship. So that could look like, I don't know, eating better, being mindful of what you're eating. Exercising. Exercising. Spending time with your friends. Yeah, like... Separately. You're going to be a better partner when you're a better you, I guess. It's kind of like a good motivator because obviously you want your partner to be happy and live up to their full potential. The best way to do that is for you to work on yourself for them Mm -hmm. because if you work on that, you're also working on your relationship. It's a two birds, one stone situation and... I don't know. Our relationship is at its best when we're doing good individually. I agree. So don't just like neglect yourself and then expect your relationship to be great. It's not really how it works. You kind of have to work on yourself first. I think when you're together for a long time and especially when after the pandemic, everything was in like a pressure cooker and you're only seeing each other and everything feels the same and you're not really working on yourselves. And then you get in this mindset almost that nothing can change. And, you know, my partner sees me this certain way and I can't do what I want to do or change parts of me because they see me that certain way or like vice versa. Maybe they think that about themselves and they feel like they can't change being with you the reality is we all change throughout our lives regardless of whether or not we're in relationships you shouldn't be the same your whole life i think there's a lot of core parts of us that are always similar but we're always changing and evolving and you need to be with somebody who understands that and accepts that i think that's really beneficial and valuable i feel like when people are working on themselves individually like when i see you doing things that I know are making you happy and making you just like be a better person. Obviously I'm happy for you, but I'm also like, in a way it feels like you're doing it for us and for me. And I appreciate that, you know? And that's really what it is. Yeah. Whether or not it's your intention. Should we order pizza or what? Ugh, I, I've had so much gluten today. It's okay to disagree on what you want for dinner. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to order dinner now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. One, two, three. Bye-bye.